Hey everyone, welcome back to Just the Good Stuff. This is your host, Rachel Mansfield. I'm a cookbook author, recipe developer who is really, really obsessed with making food just taste really darn good. I'm a mama of two, I'm a wife, and you pretty much already know all this if we are friends over on Instagram. In each podcast episode, we catch up with friends, bring on some new amazing humans to share their stories with you, and you guys get to be a fly on the wall in each of these conversations. We get juicy, we chat, we laugh, we get awkward at times, but there's nothing I love more than getting to share these conversations with you guys each and every week. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode, rate, review, and share the podcast when you listen. Listen back to ones you may have missed. The Just the Good Stuff crew is so special to me, and I know you guys will love something from each and every episode. So now let's dive into today's episode. No intro needed because that's how we do it over here. Hello. No, we stopped at the Acme that's like super close by. Um, guys. Thank you, Hoboken. Hi. I'll be here all week. <laughs> <laughs> I am sitting here with the Olivia Olive Eats. Oh my gosh, no more. Not all of eats anymore. No, you're always all of eats. I know. Me. I'm always all of eats to myself. I'm gonna yell. I need to like. You're yeah, gonna. You're gonna put the. Um, you're gonna put the headphones on, and it's gonna be like. I'm not all of eats. No, you anymore. know what's interesting is that when we recorded with Jordan, I like could he- only hear me while I didn't tell you this, Jordan. <laughs> I could only hear me while editing, and I couldn't hear Jordan. I kept like putting the volume up all the way. I'm like, Jordan, are you? Like, I can't hear you. He's like, yeah, no, no. And you're like, no. <laughs> and I, when I emailed our editor, I just said, hey, just make sure you can like increase the volume on, on some of it so we can. Poor George. Poor George. George, it's okay. I'm so happy. No, not at all. Tom is That's a good. I think you guys would have a good ass time. Is Tom like he's the yin to your yang? He's right? the yin to my yang. Yeah. He's like so chill. And um, and like when we when we'll meet people, I'm like. I will look at him and be like, why aren't you being louder? I like get stressed out. I get stressed out. And then he will just be so cool and casual and he'll leave and people will be like, wow, I loved him. And I'm like, how do I do that? But I don't have the ability to not be loud and freaking crazy. But does he ever, are you ever like in a group setting where he's trying to like chime into the conversation yes. and no one hears him and like i remember once that looking at george like george just try one more time don't they'll, they'll hear you remember that george? <laughs> you remember she's laughing time. you got like, it it's buddy. Okay. you got it george it's okay just try one more time they'll hear you i love that jordan's just like here laughing right now at this because he's so used to it like my whole family is like when me. you guys met yeah was it like how was the dynamic well i know you met drunk but yeah how was the dynamic with his more like for lack of a better word introversion versus your insaneness um he really tamed me a lot i would say like i was like a liability the first like couple years of college like went to the hospital for getting caught with like drinking and like you know my friends were like a little concerned about like my well-being when i started dating jordan in terms of just like you know weekend life and life balance in general and jordan really like brought me back down to planet earth did you always date introverts? No. See, because I, because Jordan's my second boyfriend and my first boyfriend, I was literally a fetus. I don't even consider him a boyfriend. Okay. That Jordan's my first love. Like he's my first, like, my God, this my is first such and a only. Lo- this is such a love story. Jordan, yeah, like, is she your first love? Yes. You have to yell. Yes. <laughs> we've never. Yes. We, like, we were 19. Like we were babies. We were babies. Yeah. So, I mean, sure. If I married my first love. Lol. Who was your first love? My college boyfriend. 
what was his name? Jacob. Do you think he'll listen to this? Do no, I don't. I don't think he'll listen to this. Where and where did you go to college? I went to UC. I Berkeley. know these things, but like I yeah. want you to like, you yeah. know, be as descriptive as possible. So just like, let me know. Also, let me know if I'm talking too much. No, there's no such thing. I tend as talking to really take. I take the role, you know. Well, I brought Nicole Koga, like no bread on. I interviewed her a couple weeks ago and I hung up the Zoom call telling Jordan, he's like, how'd it go? He goes, that was the best podcast episode ever because she like literally went with the entire combo. Like she just like runs with it. She's not looking to be interviewed. She like keeps the conversation alive. And I said, Jordan, like, Jordan, that's going to be Olivia today. She does that when we're on the phone together. I'll literally call yes. her and I'm like, hey, how are you? I won't even maybe ask that. And she's like, things are going great. I'm yes. an angel investing right now. So I just want to let you know, <laughs> I'm just like, I'm here. I'm at this point in my life. And right now I feel like I just want to be here and I want to be there. And I know I'm going to meet this and I'm going to do this. I'm not really sure how this is going to work, but yep. let me tell you what I'm thinking. And I'm like, Okay. That is All Nicole. Right. We're show. here. I love her so much. Bye, Jordan. Okay. <laughs> we asked Jordan if he wanted to join. He's actually vacating he the premises. Like, uh, He's okay. leaving. <laughs> I know. That's why Bye. I love her, nice though. to meet you. Bye. Okay. That's, but that's why when I was thinking about, like, where the podcast was going to go after, like, quote, the Matt Lee that never existed, but, like, I did stop the podcast for a while. I you are the definition of never taking a maternity leave, by the way. I, but, like, when you love what you do, it's, like, when I'm supposed to just not post on Instagram for, like, three months and I not know. make money and not pay my mortgage, great idea. I know. I, I feel you. It's just, like, it. it doesn't work. And, like, you'll see one. It's just, like, it's not – it's just not on the cards to do that. But it's also – I felt – better this time anyways because of having like my management team yes. and like Jordan didn't have to go back to the office it was just like a different Bye. way of like yeah of, ha of like coming back from like you know, transitioning I should say from like Ezra but what were we talking about Nicole. oh the yes the podcast so, like I want to have these more open and honest conversations because that's what people are looking for the interview based podcasts are awesome for only so long and then I just feel like I'm railing people with questions the whole mm -hmm. time and I'm not having these like open and honest conversations which is why the podcast was started in the first place and I feel like podcasts too I, I, I actually really don't love listening to podcasts mainly because they are interview format and yeah. I feel like so many people listen to podcasts because you feel like you're with friends and you feel like you're just listening in on a, on a chill conversation exactly and that's the best type of podcast do right? you listen to the morning toast no I don't listen to podcasts but that's I see. I think that you like. I oh my god! Like, like I'm so cool. I don't listen to podcasts. I'm over the podcast. I'm. I actually really like your podcast. Thank you. That's okay. You'll like the the ones coming soon. Then if you like the more, like, you like the one with Nicole. We actually go deep on influencer marketing. So this will actually be out the week after mm. Nicole's. So if you missed the episode with Nicole Kogan, you always want to know the ins and outs of influencer marketing, which we could tap into on this podcast too. Definitely listen back. We get really juicy in it. I'm excited. Um, but okay, Olivia, you're in New York. I'm in. New York. I'm in New York without a stable place. So it's been crazy. So let's backtrack a little okay. bit. About a year ago, you said you wanted to like study. I call it study abroad because like you, you know, you wanted to like yes. be like a bi-coastal abroad. You yes. Remember lived, I called you? Yeah. And I was so, I was like literally your biggest advocate to move yes. to New York. I called ever. you and I was like, I think I want to come. I had just gotten dumped by a surgeon named Ezra, who definitely <laughs> will not listen to this podcast. <laughs> And I called you maybe three days later, and I was like, I think I finally want to move to Brooklyn. I remember where I was. I was driving on Wilshire Boulevard in oh LA. And then it kind of took me a little while because it was the middle of COVID. It was yeah. a weird time, but I knew I wanted. Why did you want to move? 
Well, I think I've, I've always wanted to move to New York and I just kind of constantly things that stopped me. Like I wanted to go after high school. I wanted to go into theater. I didn't end up moving. I wanted to go after college. I ended up going to grad school. I wanted to go after grad school. I went to LA because I got a job there. My boyfriend was moving there, et cetera. So finally I was in this place where I felt old enough and financially secure enough to make legitimate decisions for myself. Yeah. And I was like, this seems like the best next step. But I didn't really know how to best, I don't know. I just didn't know how to best go about it. Like who It's daunting. Yeah. Who knows how to move across the country by themselves? No one. Nobody. And so I feel like I talk to so many people and I get, you know, messages from so many people on Instagram about people wanting to move across the country and knowing where to start. And I'm like, that's the thing. You don't know where to start. I don't even know how to tell you where to start because I don't know where to fucking start. I don't even, I'm in the middle of it and I don't know what I'm doing. I think that's like such a huge misconception with kind of taking like a really big leap or a, a or a next chapter in your life is you have these expectations for how things are going to go and you have these dreams for how things are going to go and you realize in the end and in the middle of it that nothing ever goes to plan. No. Very little things in life go according to plan. I mean, that's how I feel about a birth plan. I was just going to say like with pregnancy, right? Yeah. Nothing goes to plan. No, but that's why it's like always good to have an open mind in any situation. So I almost feel like what happened to you. So you went, you you lived in Brooklyn over it was the winter, right? I don't even like what day of the week it is right now. Like, I had I'm, the most insane setup ever. Like the way that moving to New York happened for me in the fall was legitimately so serendipitous and incredible. I woke up one day and I was like, okay, I'm moving to Brooklyn. I posted a thing on Instagram, like, oh, if anybody knows of a sublet, one thing led to another. A girl who followed me had a friend who had a friend. She reached out to me, sent me pictures of her apartment. Within three hours, I Venmoed her a deposit, showed up to New York 27 days later, was staying in the dopest spot ever. Where in Brooklyn were you? I was in Fort Greene. I've never been to Fort Greene. You've never been to Fort Greene. But I have two friends that live there. I know I need to go. Fort Greene is... A gem. Port Green's a gem. It's you are so, so Brooklyn, though. I I don't know. I thought I was Brooklyn, but now I'm living in Chelsea, and I'm like, hey, city girl. That's where Jordan and I, I – we lived on 26th and 8th, like right close to where you were, and so I loved it so much because, like, the proximity to everything, like, you were close to anything and everything, but you could also – are you looking in the city right it's now? so central. Or only Brooklyn? I'm kind of looking – I'm looking in the city. I'm looking in like Greenwich Village and West Village. I love it there. Nice. But You'd be so close if you lived in the West I, Village. I cannot afford to live in the West Village unless I have a sugar daddy. So if anybody's listening to this, just Tom, kidding. Tom. Tom, are you there? <laughs> Tom? Are you out there? Tom, are you willing to be my sugar daddy? So you come in the fall. You stay until what, February? I, st- I was planning on staying for three weeks. I wasn't even planning on staying through Thanksgiving. One thing led to another, and I was here until March. So crazy. Crazy. And it was the best four and a half months of my life. And it was the thick of winter during COVID when it was, like, depressing. So the fact that you're even saying that is, like, you're a true New Yorker. I feel like it was a culmination of falling in love and also being in a city that I was just kind of enamored by. And so I had the both of these really, really cool factors working in my favor because – Everybody I know that lived in New York this year was like, this winter was terrible with COVID. And then it was actually a bad winter. Yeah, it was freezing. But I was like, it's snowing. Come over. I would like, you know, tell Tom, come over and we're just going to make, we're going to make tofu. Yeah. And we're going to like, I'm going to make us popcorn balls and the whole thing. And it was like, 
I literally was just fully. And then it's funny because once February hit, that's when that's when things kind of started. It's so everybody told me they were like, okay, when you turn 28, you're going to go through your Saturn return and you're going to have a real, do you know what your Saturn return is? Jordan Younger told me this once. I really don't know. Jordan would be the best person. I know. It's essentially, I don't know what happens to the planets and whoever's listening to this. If you're into astrology, I'm really sorry. I'm going to butcher this. Yes. It's essentially when like Saturn returns to where it was when you were born and that causes a growing up of sorts. I had Ezra when I was 28. So literally, Rach, me thinking about having a child right now is you didn't have Ezra when you were 28. Yeah, I did. I'm thir- I just turned 31 a week ago. Where does the time go? I don't know. I remember when you had Ezra. We started trying to get pregnant when I was 27. Oh, my God. When I'm, I tell that to my brother, he's like, um, yeah, not me. And I think that's part of the something I'm learning right now is it's funny because I've like never really been caught in a comparison trap before. And I feel like a lot of people talk about this, right? Like the comparison trap, the comparison trap of life or body or skin or whatever it is. It's never really been something that's taken me down before until this year. And now, now for the first time on so many levels. First of all, I think just in general, like life comparison trap. Okay. So like for you saying, and I think for a lot of people listening, I think people will resonate with the fact that like you and I are close in age. Three years. Our lives are so different, right? And there's this idea that like, oh, you tell me when I was 28, I was married and having babies. There's so many people that would be like, oh, shit. I'm so old. I need to get married and I need to have babies. Yeah. Right? But then, but like what I did isn't like the right thing. And that's exactly like people have to like reposition that. And it's repositioning the mindset to saying, I trust my path. I know what exactly. path I'm on is right for me. And then moving in that direction with just like Godspeed, head down, freaking forward. Well, it's like if you know what you want in life or at least have an idea, you know it'll fall into place like when it's meant to fall into place. Most of my friends in Hoboken that have kids around Ezra's age, have one kid or pregnant with their second or have two, they're 35, 36. Mm -hmm. I'm young. Jordan and I are very Mm -hmm. young to be in the position we are with two kids. My mom was 33 when when my brother was born. Mm -hmm. I'm 30. Like, you know, we definitely did things on the younger side. And like that's a question I get a lot is how did you know you were ready for kids or were you scared to have kids? Because we we tried started trying, I guess, at a young time, but I never thought of it as young. Someone recently even asked me if I if people were if like our families were concerned that we were getting married so young. I still don't think 25 is young to get married mm-hmm. because I was marrying Jordan. And in my perspective, I knew I was gonna marry him regardless. So who cares if I'm 25 or if I'm 45? I'm marrying Jordan anyways. Right. So like why wait or like who gives a crap about the number? For sure. The age. For sure. And I think that's part of it is not letting the age bring you down because age really is just a number. And it's it's very easy, I think, as women too, you live on a biological time clock, right? And I think that's it, a huge challenge for people right now. Yes. That's a huge challenge because a lot of women are saying, okay, I don't even mean to be acting this way, but my body is telling me I need to move forward. Yeah. And that is a very difficult place to be in. And I know that there's a lot of women who I talk to that say, I'm, I feel like I'm going to be alone forever. And it breaks my heart. Totally. But it's just not true. It's like so easy to get stuck in our, it's so easy to get stuck in, 
exactly what's going wrong or exactly where you are right now Mm -hmm. in the wrong way. I think it's super important to to be where you are, but you can also let it consume you and you can spiral and that's problematic. And I feel like that's in a lot of ways where I am right now. Like being 28, I just turned 28. I don't have a legitimate place to live right now in New York. My, My job feels very kind of like I'm so grateful for my job, but you know how it is. It's a very unstable feeling being. But you an also had two jobs for so long. Like you're a speech pathologist. Like yes. you went to grad school. Or yes. You know, this morning when I was like getting in my like I still call you all these when I was getting my like all of eats mode. Yes. I literally said to myself, "Are we going to bring up speech pathology on this conversation? Mm-hmm. Like, are you still practicing that? Part time. Okay. Very, very, very part time." Like I see one patient right now. I've, I essentially what happened was I had wanted to kind of phase out, but I was so scared to give up any stability that I just kept going. And I was working two full-time jobs through COVID. When the summer hit, I pretty much started dropping patients. And that's when I realized maybe I can move to New York because maybe my life is going to be full-time Instagram. And I really have not been legitimately full-time Instagram ever because I still see patients. And I was, yeah, I mean, there was everything. But now I'm just about to drop, not drop, but release. He's done, my last patient. Oh, my gosh. And it's a terrifying feeling. It's terrifying. What are you scared about? Money. How could I not be scared about money? But, like, don't – haven't you proven to yourself, do you think, in, like, the last, like, you know, X amount of years or months that, like, you can make good money doing what you're doing? For sure. And I think part of it too is purpose. I think money, money is the money is the thing we all worry about on the forefront, right? Like that's yeah. the most surface level thing. It's easiest thing to worry about. You say, okay, you you're raised by, you know, whoever you're raised by saying you need to have enough money to live a, a good life or whatever it may be, especially in the time of social media and kind of seeing all of these other people and doing everything they're doing where we live in this scarcity mindset, right? Where we're constantly, I want more. I need more. I don't have enough. I want to get to this person's level. I want to get to that person's level. And there's such a thing as healthy competition. There's also such a thing as living in a scarcity mindset versus an abundance mindset where you're saying everything I have, that's what I need. And I just move in that, in that space. And that's where I like constantly have to say, okay, instead of worrying about money, I know I have money. I know I'm fine. And then I just continue to move and things will flourish from there. While we have one of the wellness queens over on the podcast today, it only seems fitting to talk about one of our favorite wellness products as well. At this point, we are basically all familiar with how game-changing CBD products can be for sleep aid, pain reliever to ease anxiety, and the list really just goes on but it can be so confusing to know who to buy your CBD from. I was told to always look for the highest quality CBD, and that is where I came across Ned. I think what's amazing about Ned is how open they are about absolutely everything. They share third-party lab reports, who farms their products, their extraction process, and everything all about their products over on their website. It is super confusing to try and navigate good quality CBD out there, and Ned is truly making high-quality products, you guys. I'm currently using their Magnesium Super Blend, which is seriously a game changer. It has been amazing for my mood, stress response, hello, and I'm convinced that it keeps me hyper-focused during the workday. 
If you want to check out Ned and try CBD or their magnesium blend for, their, for yourself, head on over to helloned.com and enter the code RACHEL for 15% off your order or 20% off your subscription order plus free shipping. That's H-E-L-L-O-N-E-D.com slash Rachel to get 15% off your first one-time order or 20% off your first subscription order plus free shipping. I highly, highly recommend giving these guys a try. They make such awesome products. I even have Jordan and my brother hooked on all of their CBD products now as well. Jump on board. You guys will not regret this. Now let's jump back into today's episode. I think that once you're in a rhythm of where, you know, Instagram and your brand are your only priorities, I always say like I gave myself six months and then I never looked back. I prove you're going to prove to yourself. Remember when you said if you drink kombucha, I would probably like, I know. I keep, like, I, I keep my going microphone. like, um, you will prove to yourself over the course of a few months that you will be able to do this. Mm-hmm. Or you'll prove to yourself that you can, but you will because you know you have an amazing manager and she is there to like guide you and help mm-hmm. you the whole way through. And then you're never going to look back, mm-hmm. and you're going to be pursuing your passion and your dreams. And it's the most unconventional way to make a living. It is, mm-hmm. but it's like same thing we were just talking about with Jordan. That's why he's so scared and nervous, even saying it out loud to people mm-hmm. because he's like, "What? Like, what's going to happen? You know, you just don't know." Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I. There's no reason to be scared. Like, yes, oh, let me rephrase that. There's reasons to be scared, but you're going to prove to yourself that there in a few months that there is no reason to be scared. Well, it's like high risk, high reward. You know what I yeah. mean? And then not only that, but I think growing up in an immigrant family, my dad has just always been very, very like you go into law or medicine and super traditional. And so this is very unconventional for everybody. And then I'm constantly wondering, like, what's my purpose? How am I serving people? Because my entire plan in life was to go into a profession that was altruistic. Like I wanted to help people. So what am I doing every day to help people? And that's kind of what I come back to at the end of the day is when I go to sleep at night and when I wake up in the morning, did I possibly change somebody's mindset? Was I able to kind of help somebody feel better that day in whatever way it may be, right? Like providing them a new recipe, Mm -hmm. giving them some type of um, inspiration or whatever. Yeah. And when I wake up in the morning, what is my purpose for that day? You put a lot of pressure on yourself. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I never think life. like that. Really? No, ever. I think my – yeah, I was thinking about that last night. I never I put that. so much pressure on myself. I've always been like that. It's interesting because, like, I've never phrased it like that, but I put pressure on myself in, like, other ways where I right. set, like, revenue goals for the year right. and, like, things like that. But I never think about it in a sense of, like – I mean, I don't – I'm not saying that like, a selfish way, but I never say, like, am I helping anyone? I think I just – at this point – we can assume that by putting yourself and your vulnerabilities out there, like mm-hmm. especially you talk so openly about your skin, mm-hmm. like you're helping people by talking about that. You're mm-hmm. helping people like about your moving freaking fiasco. Like that's probably happened to other people too. Nightmare. You know, all of these things that you're putting out there, even if it's not like helping someone in a, like a way where it's like a you see the return on it, you talking about something comforts someone mm-hmm. and that helps them. Yeah. You know, you sharing a recipe and someone makes it that you help them because they're eating something delicious. Mm-hmm. Like there's just it's so easy to help people in like menial ways these days, you know? I know. This is why I talk to you. This is why you were literally just saying we were talking with Jordan. You were like, people call me because I'm a hype person. You are. You have a very positive mindset, which is really nice. Thank you. I, well, I'm, it's funny because I'm very realistic. It's not – I'm not an eternal optimist. I'm not. Like, I'm not mm. a very, like, always positive person. I'm just very realistic. Like, it's funny because on my birthday, we went around the table 
And I always, <laughs> my mom like hates this so much, but I highly re- recommend doing it. On your birthday, if you have like a family dinner with friends, go around the table and have everyone tell you their favorite memory about you, like I love with that. you, and their favorite thing about you. And then you reciprocate. And I love that. So it's not just about you. It's just like a nice conversation. And, you know, instead of talking about like COVID or the weather or like whatever else. The weather. And, you know, what you were saying with your dad that like the more traditional career path is like what your parents like might have assumed that you would be doing, which so like that could be causing you also to be like, is this a smart move? Mm -hmm. And the thing that I actually said back to my dad that was like my favorite quality about him is that he believed in me from day one Mm -hmm. and has someone who had a very, has, I should say, still works, traditional career path and was has been super successful doing that. He didn't give a fuck that I was going to be doing this. Mm -hmm. He fully believed in me. He was like, just do it, see what happens. And he was someone, you know, who grew up the like the hierarchy of like the career and stepping stools and whatever. And saying that, and then my mother-in-law said, because his favorite thing about me was my career. My mom's like, shocker, Joe. But my mother-in-law was like, you're an eternal, like realist person. Like you just see things and you say them as they are, but like you see it in a positive light. And it's true though, because there's no reason to be negative about things. Like what you're doing, you're gonna wake up every morning and you're gonna pursue your passion. Mm-hmm. And you're going to put yourself out there and you're going to help people in a way that you're not even going to realize you're helping people. Yeah. And now the COVID signed down, especially in New York, like you can do events. You can like do meetups in real I life. I know. You can talk to people. You can hug people again. It's so just like nice. life is coming back. It was weird. Yesterday I was in Trader Joe's and I had my mask on. And for I had a literal mental breakdown in Trader Joe's and bought like 17 different desserts. I bought chocolate vanilla macaroons. Have you tried those? No. I'm not a macaroon person. Should okay. I get them though? Get them. They're mini. They're so cute. They're so freaking good. I've never seen them there. Yes. They're in the frozen section. Yeah. Oh, and they're cold. And they're by cold. The cake. Yes. <laughs> so I got that. I bought sour Scandinavian swimmers. I bought strawberry red licorice. And I bought a cheesecake for myself. I love you so much. Ezra a has to go to Trader cheesecake. Joe's with you. Okay. He can absolutely come to Trader Joe's with me. I was a mess. I sat. What happened was I walked in. I looked at the cucumbers. I realized I had a mask on my face. And immediately I was like, what has the last year been? And I had a mental breakdown in Trader Joe's. From the cucumber. No, I don't know. From the from the co from from the COVID. The COVID. From, right, from grandma. <laughs> From the COVID. I couldn't handle the COVID. Literally, I was in Trader Joe's and I'm like, holy shit, have I not processed this entire fucking year at all yet? I mean, what the hell? This has been crazy. The mass, no touching, standing in lines, which like, who the fuck likes to stand in lines? I mean, seriously, that's been the worst part of COVID. I mean, obviously, there's been a lot of bad, you know what I mean? But like the everyday little parts, standing in line at fucking target mm-hmm. like I don't want to stand outside do you know how many times I had to stand in line in this goddamn winter at 19 degrees to go get food with my park on one night we went out to an Italian meal I'll never forget because we had anchovies on uh toast with butter and now I have that every day and I literally eat a can of anchovies a day I have anchovies here if you want it on your black seed bagel I would absolutely <laughs> love that um <laughs> And I remember sitting outside. I tried to look cute. You know, I was like, it's the end of February. My birthday's coming up. I'm I'm feeling cute. I'm going to wear boots. I'm going to wear boots and I'm going to wear six sweaters and a parka and I'm going to be fine. You don't look cute in the winter in New York. I sit down and of course we have to sit outside. And of course the heat lamps are literally so far high above me. Like they're the Empire State Building. They're not even reaching me. I put my coat on the back of my seat it falls in a puddle of water. So now the freaking 
uh, wrist parts of my coat are wet. I start to eat and I'm like, my toes are freezing over right now. I'm actually numb. I'm actually numb. I was so angry that an entire dinner I was with all, you're probably going to hear my nails like all the way. I was so angry at that dinner. looking at all of my friends, thinking about how numb my toes were that I literally, when the check came, I got up and was like, I'm going to see myself out. I am not going out tonight. I'm going home. I'm taking a bath, defrosting my toes. Don't call me for 48 hours. I left my boyfriend there. I literally was like, I'm leaving. And I called an Uber and left. I was so cold. I was so cold. And that shit is crazy. The cold really asks with you in the winter here. It does. But then when you can't eat inside? People, I I didn't eat at a restaurant because I literally wouldn't eat outside. This year specifically, I just don't feel like I – processed everything that just happened this last year that's actually a really good point i don't really i didn't and i had covid i didn't even yeah were you scared when you had it you know what i was actually talking to someone the other day and she was saying how she like she was someone who's trying to like ease her way back into life and i was never afraid during covid i call me naive or stupid whatever i wasn't afraid i followed the rules i wore my mask i stayed away from people Mm -hmm. but i was never petrified Mm -hmm. i I never took an airplane like we were just you know we lived i I had ezra i was pregnant like i didn't Mm -hmm. i didn't do much yeah i went to the grocery store which was in my opinion the safest place in hoboken because no one was going to the grocery store and no one's on the sidewalk in the thick of winter here so i didn't expect to get it Mm. And I wasn't scared beforehand. And I wasn't scared when we had it because, mm. knock on wood, we were really lucky. There's people who, you know, their lives ended because of COVID. Like, mm. they've lo- people have lost family, friends. And when I think about it in that perspective, like, no, I wasn't scared because it felt like the flu on steroids. Mm-hmm. And we got through it. And it was fine. Yeah. And, you know, then Brody got the antibodies. I was 34 weeks pregnant with COVID. That made me nervous. But also, that when I think stressful. about it, I didn't get COVID in the beginning which no one, there was no research. No one mm-hmm. knew anything. So it was a lot more certain. Like there weren't as many uncertainties when I when right. I, when we got it. I called my OB. They were like, okay, no worries. You're going to have to skip your next visit. Just call us like 10 days post whatever. Like there's just so much more processes in place right. where it wasn't scary for us. Yeah. If we got it in the beginning, yeah, I would have been scared because like I would have been like, oh my God, I'm 34 weeks pregnant with COVID. Like what's going to happen to my baby? But it was fine. And people started having the vaccines when we delivered. I had to deliver with a mask on, like push Brody out with a mask on. And I was in the middle of it. I said to them, do I need to wear this? And they said, yes. And then they're like, but do you want ice chips? And I was kind of, well, I also showed up to the hospital with Brody's head at in the birth and how bleeding. I can't. So it was a very quick labor, but I was like, yeah, I'll take the ice chips. So that I, they said that to take me away. We're like, take the mask off so you can just eat ice chips. I ate so many ice chips in labor because I was like. <laughs> literally just for the, like. For, I, couldn't even, I can't even imagine the women who had to push for hours with the mask on. I couldn't even do it for 20 minutes. Mm. I couldn't breathe. And it's like, in the scheme of things, we got lucky with COVID. Yeah. We did. Yeah. And. It's know. just a crazy time. Anyway, to move on past that, because I feel like it's such an exhausted topic. Bye, COVID. See yeah. You never. See you never. It's an exhausted topic. But I bought all of these desserts at Trader Joe's yesterday. And I don't even know why I was telling you that. But I sat Neither, on my floor last night because I'm in like full mental breakdown mode just constantly in life. And I just laid out every single dessert and just went like strawberry licorice, sour Scandinavian English swimmer, macaroon, bite of cheesecake. And I just went through all of them like roulette, just one after the other. For how long? About 45 minutes. <laughs> Were you full after? It was so full. <laughs> Tom came over and I was like, my chest is like, I'm having anxiety. And he he's like, oh, you are? And I was like, 
I don't know if I'm having anxiety or if I'm literally just so full from all of the dessert I just ate. I'm not sure which one it was. Now, when you do something like that, do you ever feel guilty after? No. Like, someone's going to ask that. No. Like, how did you then not feel guilty? No, because because I ate like – it's not like I was, you know, shoveling licorice in my yeah. mouth. I was just like watching The Bachelorette. You're enjoying yourself. Enjoy- yeah, and I'm just – I'm all about – I don't know. I'm definitely grateful for the food freedom I now have because I think, oh, there was a very long, what felt like a long period in my life where I didn't have it. But it's like, I bought the damn candy. I'm going to eat it. Can we talk about that? Yeah. Your food freedom? Yeah. What, so what's your story? Everyone has a story with food. Yeah. Well, food, actually, actually, you're I remember. Yeah, because you're a part of the story. Well, stop. Yeah. Okay. So I've told you this before when we first became friends, I feel like, but so I, okay, in college, I never thought about my body ever. I'm getting water, but I'm also okay. Get get water. I'll talk to the I'll talk to the wall. <laughs> I never thought about my body ever, and then I went to college. I joined a sorority, and then I was like, oh my gosh, I thank you. I was like, oh my gosh, I am fat. Like this is crazy. There are girls in my sorority that are just really skinny, and they really care about how they look. And I've never cared about how I looked, right? And then I suddenly was just being inundated with like, we're going to a date party. We need to go on a diet. We're doing this. We need to do this. And I was like, oh my gosh, I am, I don't look good. I got really concerned with how I ate, but then I just went through a very long kind of period of binge eating and then like super, super hard. Like I would go paleo for two weeks or I'd go on like this fasting, like water, green vegetable diet before a date party. And then I would binge drink and binge eat the whole thing. So I come home from college. And at this point, I'm like, of course, in one of, you know, I think like probably my second situational depression and I fully become like orthorexic. I'm thinking about everything I'm eating. I could tell you exactly what I eat every day. I had like a half a, like a quarter cup oatmeal with one of the mini, half of a mini perfect bar. I had two hard boiled eggs, a green juice, and then white fish and asparagus and like two rounds of sweet potato every day. It was crazy. For probably like, I don't know, eight months. And I was training to become a yoga teacher. So I was doing hot yoga twice a day. Oh my God. I lost so much weight. It was crazy. How old are you? I was, I just graduated college. You had graduated. I was 22. Oh my God. And I remember like I would take pictures of myself in the mirror. You know, the whole thing. Like I've been, I've been through it. I feel like a lot of women go through that. Mm -hmm. Well then- I started slowly to kind of realize that I wanted to eat more because I've always loved food. I've always loved eating. And I was like, I'm kind of over this. I want to start eating more. And then one day I was just like, I want to like make a recipe. So then I find this banana bread recipe. Oh, I know someone who really likes banana bread. Do you? And it was literally by this girl who had two peanut butter cups on her eyes. And oh I was God. like, who is this bitch in her it's wedding, my wedding dress? My wedding picture. Who else and poses like that? I remember wedding? I made the banana bread and I was like, oh my God, I want to eat again. Was it the paleo chocolate chip banana bread with coconut flour? Was it that one? Oh it had to have been. I feel like that's like my OG banana bread. Well, I mean, it was a long time ago. That was this the banana was in bread 2016. That, like, made me be known for banana bread, yes. Okay, so probably was that. I remember I used chocolate chunks on top. Yeah. Yeah. And I took a picture of it and I was like, I want to post this to Instagram. And that's literally. I didn't know that. I've told you this no. so many times. Oh my God. You're literally my Instagram. <laughs> oh um, and I started my Instagram. I'm going to cry. That's so cool. Isn't that crazy? 
Isn't that crazy? Wild. Like, where would I be without you? It's really weird how life. How I promise you. I know, but like, isn't it weird how life works? Or even not even that, but like, can you even believe we're friends? Like, such good friends. I can, but like from your perspective, I would probably be like, no. Like, so weird, so weird. That's so. So then, obviously, like, I started just kind of like moving through. I think it was a long time. It was like years of going in and out, like where I would be kind of orthorexic, kind of really, you know, enjoy eating food, or then I would feel bad, then I would binge, then I I, I never purged, but like I would binge eat Mm -hmm. and I would get really full and the whole thing. And then what happened was when I went to Portland, I got a job at a bakery. And every morning went in at 5.30 in the morning and smelled fresh bread. And I was friends with the bakers. And they mm. made this one croissant called a Marionberry croissant. If you're ever in Portland, go mean? to Ken's Artisan Bakery. Marionberries are popular in Oregon. And they're like blackberries. But the croissant is – I don't even know. I can't talk about it without my mouth watering. But there's like <laughs> blackberries all over it and like freaking cheese. I don't even know. It's so good. And I would – get into work every morning and I would have a croissant and then at my lunch break, I would have a croissant and a sandwich. And then when I got off, I would take croissants home. And I was like, oh my God, I miss this. And slowly over time, I don't know like what was the pinpoint of me like kind of moving into more of a food freedom realm. But over time I was just like, I miss eating and really eating and then going about my life. And it was like, as I started to learn to love myself more, just truly love myself for who I was, like for how kind I am and for like being funny and mm-hmm. like just like these personality traits, yeah. I realized that my body is the least interesting thing about me, literally the least interesting thing about me. And it would just be such a disservice to me and my life if I stopped doing what made me happy. And one of those things is eating good food. I love that so much. That is going to like that. What you just said is, if I used quotes from people's podcasts, I would. <laughs> Thank you. That would Thank be you. your quote. Maybe Thank I'll you, Hoboken. I'll be here all week. <laughs> that is just. I feel like women and men, like we need to hear that. I'm pretty sure, like 99.9% of people that listen to this are women need to hear that because yeah. there's so much guilt associated with food and so much emphasis on bodies from women of all ages. I see in women in their 60s. I see it in women in their 40s mm-hmm. or young teenagers. And the way you just said how like your body is the least interesting thing about you, I think it's just like the most beautiful thing that I've ever heard because wow. it's true. It is. Like, there's so many other things that people bring to the table yeah. besides the way that they physically look. And apparently, you know, if you're sitting – actually, if you're physically sitting at a table, you can't even see your whole body. So it's not no. really that interesting. And literally no one cares about my body as much as I do. No. Like at all. And and also no. when it comes to like my partner, I'm just in such a body positive relationship with my boyfriend oh, that it's like – I mean, if, I, if there were anybody else that I really needed to like, I guess, love my body besides mm-hmm. me, there is nobody else. But if there were anybody else, yeah. it would be nice if like my partner – I, it doesn't, and he tells me every day, he's like, I literally could care less. I could care less. You know, I think that's more common than not. And if you're with someone who doesn't love your body and then you should break up with that person. That is just like disgusting. But you should always feel beautiful. And like he should always be, or he or she should always be making you feel as beautiful as you are. And that's when I hear people, especially during COVID or less, oh, well, like they gained weight or they gained less. But are they happy? Like, does it matter? Yes. Like, who cares? There's such a – right now, I feel like there's such this um, idea that it's mutually exclusive, that if you're skinny, you're, like, 
Yes. You look good. And if you're, you know, if you're not skinny, then you don't look good. And that is a freaking joke. That's a lie. Don't yes. listen to that. That is it. And, and I hate the word like skinny or over. No, I, I just, so much. I don't like any of that. Like, I don't know. I just think that there's so, there's not enough neutrality in the body space. No. And the first thing that you said to me when I saw you today was like, you look amazing. And I'm like, no, I'm very self-conscious right now. Like, yeah. Because some people will look at me like, oh, you had Brody three months ago. How are you so skinny? And mm-hmm. I said to you, I'm like, no, I'm actually pretty self-conscious about it because people look at it as like a great thing. But like I look mm-hmm. at it and I'm like, why does my body do this post-labor? Mm-hmm. Yes, it's a – I understand it's a good problem to have superficially when you look right. at it from the surface. Like aesthetically. People are always like, how would you lose the baby weight? I walked out of the hospital looking like this. In fact, I was five pounds less and I've had to put weight on. Like my mm-hmm. body has a very, very intense shock to labor and breastfeeding. Same thing happened with Ezra. I walked out of the hospital with Ezra weighing 95 pounds. So here's like, something I'm working on that yeah. we should do. Okay. Okay. Kind of like with your birthday party thing. So I'm trying to be better about seeing my friends and not complimenting their physical appearance. But the way you phrase it actually made me feel because you're like, you like, you like, you said it in a comforting way. Right. But that's exactly it. It's like, I'm trying to let people know, like, you look so good. Like, you look so happy. You look glowing. Yeah. Right. Because I feel like when we get together with our friends, it's really easy for us, for them to be like, or even my parents, you know, like I love my dad, but you know, he's got his, his shit and he'll be like, you know, I, I'll know, like I'm, I'm looking, you know, maybe thinner. I've lost some weight and he'll, I'll walk in and he'll be like, you look so good. You look so amazing. And I'm like, I'm actually really unhappy right now. Yeah. So I try to make sure that I'm always complimenting my friends. Like, Hey, you look really happy or like, or, or even asking like, how are you? You know, and mm-hmm. letting them say like, this is where I'm at so that I can build off of that. Yeah. But I feel like it's so important to know that when you go to see friends, it's just very important to say, hey, you know, it's so great to see you. How are you doing? Or it's, you know, you, you, not like you look great, but like you look really joyful. You or look happy. You, yeah, you look content. You look, you look comfortable. Yes. That's, yes. I think it's so – there's so much emphasis on bodies and body weight and, like, people – how did you lose your the baby weight already? There was no weight to lose. Right. And, like, I'm not going to, like, say that. I don't even, like, fully post – we were talking this for, like, I don't post a lot about my body because I'm self-conscious about it. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want women to look at – like, my goal of my Instagram account is not for people to look at my stories of me wearing something and say, wow, she looks amazing after a baby. Like, I don't want to make it someone feel bad. That's, mm-hmm. like, I'm, like, self-conscious about it because, like, not – like, if the if it was the opposite effect, I wouldn't want to be putting pressure on myself to look a certain way that I did pre-baby because it's not realistic. Your body changes. Yeah. My pants front before bro- before Brody don't fit in the same way that mm-hmm. they did. Before. They might fit. They might button, but they don't look good. Mm-hmm. Your body's, bodies change after having babies regardless of which way it kind of nets out. I still had to buy all new jeans. Mm-hmm. They're not the same jeans that are comfortable anymore. It's just like your body like evolves over time. And it also evolves even when you don't have kids. I feel like yeah. that's one of those things that I've learned too is like my body is constantly evolving. I constantly am like, wow, my boobs are a lot bigger than they were or maybe they're not as big or like yeah. I know now too, like my butt is a lot larger than it ever has been. Tom I, probably likes that. Yeah. I don't – I mean I don't have a, a necessarily have a problem with it. Yeah. But it took me a while to get over it when I couldn't fit in my pants and I was like, what's going on? But it's this constant evolving, and I think you can relate that to life too. And this is kind of what I was saying to like bring it back to where I'm at in my life right now. You cannot just sit in life and say, this is what I want. These are my expectations. Mm -hmm. This is good, and this is bad. 
In reality, we don't know what's good and we don't know what's bad. No. So to put pressure on ourselves or on our lives or on our bodies or on our skin to say, this makes me in the green and this makes me in the red, drop it. There is no green. There is no red. You are what you are. You're doing what you're doing. Be happy with that and go with the flow. And that's, I think, like the most important advice I've ever gotten because like you've asked me, like, what's the best advice you've ever gotten? I'm like sitting here telling you. What's the you, best but... advice that you've ever gotten? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And that's the most important advice I've ever gotten. But I really feel like that's so much of it, – it makes life so much easier when you say, yeah. this is where I'm at right now. I'm not going to think about the girl I saw on freaking the aesthetic Instagram that has, you know, bones coming out her back with a silk backless dress looking so hot with her hair in a clip. Like yeah. me trying to put my hair in a clip and I'm literally just sitting here. Also, why are some of those hair clips $150? What's like, going on with that? I, I have wanted no to go idea. buy a cute hair clip. It was $150. I'm not spending that much money. No, I go to TJ Maxx. They have them for like $399. Oh, I should ask my mom to go yeah. there. My mom went for TJ me. My mom went to Marshall's and TJ Maxx and bought me like 17 clips. Yeah, she's she's actually taking my brother on Saturday because he's getting new apartment stuff. So I'm going to add that to the list of things. Add that to the list. Get yourself a clip. I'm, I'm super into the whole clip vibe. But well, you Do you know my about my pink alligator clip? I was like known in all fitness classes for this ugly i'll show you pink alligator clip because it's the only way to preserve a blowout when you're like want to put your hair in a bun yep. and my hair is like nine days dirty right now so I'm, that's why i'm gonna it looks really hat. good it i have very dry hair so like it never will look greasy yeah it just looks mine like too. it just doesn't feel good you know mm -hmm. so i was like let me have my hat on for like day a lot um but to go back to what you just said one size like doesn't fit all in terms of what's going to fulfill you in terms of happiness, what you need to eat every day, how you need mm -hmm. to like, you know, work out if you don't need to work out, what your career path is going to be. That's why I hate like what I eat in a day videos or like mm -hmm. what works for you is not going to work for someone else. Mm -hmm. And like that's for all aspects of life. That even goes back to having kids at 28 works for Jordan. Exactly. I, it's not going to work for you. It's not working for my brother. Like that's not what he wants to do right now. And that's right. okay. Who gives a shit? Like you'll do it in your own time. Exactly. I feel like that's the best way to kind of get yourself out of that, that comparison trap. And that's something that I'm constantly reminding myself of every day. And I feel yeah. like it's sometimes I think so, especially like with my platform, right? Because like we, we do have different platforms in the sense that like mine is a little bit more like focused in terms of I'm going to talk about like mental health more yeah. or like vulnerability more. Whereas like I, I'm constantly kind of thinking about, okay, now that I'm healed from this, I can talk about this. But I actually think it's super humbling when you hear somebody talk about something that they aren't necessarily through yet, because yeah. it makes you feel so on the same page as them. And I feel like with everything I've been going through with this entire freaking apartment debacle with moving to New York, which is, has been a, it's been a literal disaster moving here. It's been a, a literal disaster. Like not like when I moved here in the winter, I was like, oh my God, it's so serendipitous. This is a, this is actually terrible. But you're going to hate me, but I'm like, you got to sublet an apartment from someone you met on Instagram. Like how a freaking thousand cool is percent. That? And so that's the thing is that I constantly have to remind myself, right? Yeah. Like things feel so like yuck, terrible. Oh my gosh. And then you have to bring yourself back to like, Yes. I have so many things to be grateful for. There's actually so much good stuff going on. I think one life. of the first things I said to you when you told me about moving was, but you're moving just yourself. Like, think about it like that. Imagine if you're moving your family across the country. You get to the apartment. It's not what you like no. ha had in mind. And now you're like got effed over. And then you need to find a whole new place to live. 
it's so great that you have yourself. Oh my gosh. And like, don't have to like worry about that. And you have time. So now you have, how long are you in your sublet for? Well, I'm out next week. Okay. That was a fast, <laughs> that was a fast month. That was a really fast month. So what, what's next? You tell me. TBD. Okay. TBD. Okay. Um, I have no idea. Uh, Where so are we thinking that. for like neighborhoods? I'm thinking, well, I have no idea. Have you found anything I'm that I'm pretty you much want? just trying to get a sublet. Okay. Right now. I think I'm going to try and sublet through the summer. And then I think moving, signing a year lease in fall is going to be my best bet because the housing market in New York don't never move. To, whoever's listening to this, don't move to New York in the summer. It's so expensive. It's there. Oh, my God. Yeah, uh, yeah, the rent's horrible. It's expensive. Everywhere, though. It's rental season. It, that's the problem. It's expensive. And let's say there's an apartment that's not on the market yet, yeah. right? 50 people have already applied to it, and it's not even on the market. Mm. So when it comes onto the market, you're already too late. Do you have a broker that you're mm. working with? Yeah, I do. Mm. I like I like them, but do you, do you not believe in brokers? No, I feel like you have to. Oh, yeah, you have to doing. have a broker here. We never did one because I always – we lived in buildings where you didn't need one. Like, yeah. I just, like, looked on Zillow. Yes. And we would, like, find an apartment and then, like, go to it. But yeah. I also only lived in two apartments in New York. We lived in Chelsea, the one by you, for mm-hmm. two years. And then we lived in Battery Park. Oh, my God. I so love nice. Battery Park. I mean, it's really affordable down there, too. And really? And the Field Place. I love Why? We were it's paying so, nice. so much money to live in Chelsea. And then we moved to Battery Park and got, like, double the size of a studio. And we're paying less money. Chelsea is so expensive. It's actually crazy. And there's so – when we lived there, it was – I'm like aging myself. I was 26. It was like five years ago. No, actually, I moved in at 25 or 24. It was so expensive. The building was stunning. It was like a luxury building. We were mm-hmm. living well above our means. It was mm-hmm. the dumbest thing we ever did. And then we moved to Battery Park. It was so much cheaper. And then we moved here and it was so much cheaper. And Chelsea, though, over time has gotten so much more homeless that it's like mm-hmm. it wasn't like that when we lived there. Oh, really? Yeah. And a lot of my friends moved out of that area. Yeah. I think it's – Definitely. I, I mean, Tom doesn't really um, have me go back there alone after a certain time. Yeah. He's just like, it's a, there's yeah. a lot going on. Um, and some of the streets can get quiet, which I personally don't like in New York. I feel like every street needs to be super lively. No, for sure. Like if it gets quiet in New York, that's where I'm like, I don't really like After this. like 8th like and 9th and 10th Avenue got pretty quiet over there. Yeah, it does get quiet over there. Um, mm-hmm. Near like close to the water. Yeah. But yeah, it's funny because kind of this whole – moving debacle as I call it has made me realize how many people live above their means and it's very interesting to me to because I've been talking to people like how much rent do you pay how much rent do I want to pay it's really 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 it's a crazy time right now in general but I think the rents and everything it's so high I can't imagine how many people are actually living how what's been like the average number of people are telling you for rent um what do you for like a one bedroom or what are you looking for a one bedroom bedroom with like decent light and decent fixtures Mm -hmm. is around 35 to 400 Mm -hmm. that sounds right that's right yeah so our studio with for 450 square feet was 3400 yes yes so okay no it's it's six years ago i'll see like i'm going to look at a place tonight that's 800 square feet it's beautiful and it's it's in williamsburg Nice. East Williamsburg, which even rent will go down the minute you're in East Williamsburg because it's quote East Williamsburg. Perfect. But it's beautiful. No, four thousand. Four thousand dollars a month? I no. mean, really? Yeah. It just feels like burning money. It is. That's why when you when you came when but when you came in and you were like, you asked if we owned our apartment. Yeah. We do, but Jordan and I wish that we didn't. 
Really? Because yeah, we're paying like we it's like, yeah, it's an investment property, blah, blah, blah. But when we're going to sell it, we're not gonna make we're not like we're maybe you're gonna break even. Mm-hmm. And so it sucks. Mm-hmm. It's like which one are you better off doing? I don't know. Someone actually also asked me on Instagram if they're moving into a place in July that they just bought in Hoboken, if they thought buying was worth it. And I was like, don't ask me. But also just depends on like how long you're staying, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. But you got through this place really fast. I mean, and it's also funny to me too because I grew up in like a, you know, I grew up in the suburbs. I grew up in like a family home. I lived in an apartment you grew up when in I was in County, right? Yeah. But when I was Ezra's age, we lived in an apartment. But it's funny to think that like my best friend, one of my best friends is pregnant. I'm so excited. She just told me yesterday. That's she, amazing. I know. But she just moved into a place in financial district. I'm like, well, you're going to have a baby in New York? Yeah, why not? People have babies in New York City. I don't I don't get that. Yeah, I don't they get do. that shit. I see women walking around with the freaking, what's that, stroller? Stroller. <laughs> up and down stairs and up and down their Why escalators. You that mat? That's our stroller. Bitch. That's a stroller parking I don't, spot. I do not get that. You will not catch me dead raising a baby in New York City. Well, I, that's why I don't drive, though. And that's why you moved to Hoboken. I know. Well, but it's the same city living. The only thing that's different is that you really have to take more public transportation. Like, to take the path in the subway is wild with a stroller because not every station has elevators. But actually, our cousins are pregnant with identical twins, and they live on the Upper West Side. And they were asking us about car seats for Ubers. And Jordan and I just, like, kind of said to each other, I, like, would just wouldn't go anywhere that needed a car seat. Like, I would walk everywhere. Dude, put me in the suburbs where I can park in a freaking shopping mall, and I can go to Trader Joe's, and I can sit in my car and cry, and oh then gosh. drive home and have ample parking. I you're gonna make me feel better about living in the suburbs. I I'm love in the denial. suburbs. Oh my god. Oh, I, I love I'm the gonna suburbs. be miserable. Jordan, I said we. He's going to – I said, okay, give me two years. And if I'm not happy, we're moving. Back to the city. I don't know, but we'll move somewhere. I just feel like, honestly, I – it's so funny because I am I am such a city girl and I love the city life. And I, I do like – It's I think, so good for you right now. Oh, my gosh. Like where I, you're at I right now. I don't think I could live – I haven't lived in the suburbs in years. I mean, I really haven't lived in the suburbs since I moved home from college to get my second bachelor's. But – I love the suburbs. And I remember my ex and I used to go, like, when we lived in the city in Portland, our date nights would literally be driving out to the suburbs and going to dinner because we were just, we wanted to be in the, and I have a car in New York and I I literally try to get out once a week. You have your car in New York? I have my car in New York. I'm an LA girl. Oh, I, dear God. Yes. No wonder yes. this is a fiasco. Of, oh, oh. Olivia. Do you want to hear about this? So I show up to New York on a Thursday, Okay. I show up to New York. First of all, I should have known something was wrong because when we left LA, I woke up at four in the morning to catch my 7 a.m. flight that my stepdad booked for us. Who books a 7 a.m. flight? I don't know. And I apparently, you can call a lift in advance, which I did not know was a thing. Yeah, didn't know that. So 10 minutes before we had to leave for the airport, I go on lift and the lift isn't going to come for 35 minutes. So thankfully, legit, like, dream man tom had slept over when he wasn't supposed to to see me off the next day woke up and drove my mom and i to the airport that morning so already we're about to miss our flight we're running through the airport disaster i remember seeing this on instagram yes then i get we get to brooklyn everything's fine on thursday friday morning we go to see the place and you can tell like my mom is just not she's not happy with with where I'll be living. And she's just, she's not into it. Um, And I was like, it's going to be fine. I'm going to be fine. I was planning on doing this whole home renovation. I mean, I had 
every, this is what I'm talking about when you have like your dreams and your expectations. And I literally had an entire business plan. Oh my God. Planned out around this. Like I was, this was a business endeavor that I've also lost. I also just love that you said you were going to renovate a rental property. Ma'am, please. You are wild. I am literally still reeling over like, I don't know if I like blacked out over the two months that I was planning on doing this. Like, but I really did have a good plan. I don't know. Whatever. I was planning on, you know, rent. They were going to give me a discount on rent. Uh-huh. And then I was planning on it being good for my Instagram. But now you know why you were getting a discount. So anyway. So, yeah. So the, the apartment and the location was not what you it was dreamed not- of. And it wasn't what you're comfortable with. Yes. So you were able to get out of the lease. I was able to pay my way out of the lease. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that happened. And then, so that was on like a Saturday or Sunday I did that. And then my stuff arrived on a truck from LA to New York on a Wednesday. At this point, I'm staying in a freaking hotel because I have nowhere to stay. And then I have to get a storage unit. I mean, all of this was happening so quick. My stuff is in a storage unit. Okay. Everything. My plants dying in a storage unit right now. That's okay. We can buy new plants. I'll buy you one when you have your apartment. Thank you. Thank you. Um, everything's in a storage unit right now. Then my car came the next day, which I brought my car out for the renovation. So now I'm actually very thankful to have a car in New York, though, because okay. I've been going like I went out to Lake, lake last weekend. Yeah, we went true. hiking the weekend that. before. I'm very much like I like to get out. It's like it's an L.A. Well, thing especially where it feels like I'm in Brooklyn. Freedom. Like you. Yeah. It'll be easier. To well, I pay for a parking spot, but it pays for itself because, you know. I get to like go out and do things and yeah. renting a car is expensive. And then I put all my stuff in a storage unit and had my car. I was able to get that all done, but it was just like the amount of money I was shelling out. I was like, how can I, how can any, I mean, I'm very, very, very grateful that I was, that I budgeted my entire life yeah. to plan for problems because this was a financial problem. And then I am so grateful, literally the day before my mom left, the day before I had nowhere to go, um, a friend reached out and was like, we're going to be gone for three and a half weeks. You can stay at our place. That is a godsend. Godsend. So I, but I'm still paying them um, okay. a highly discounted rate. And then, so I've been in there for three weeks. Last night, of course, I started crying because I wanted to make healthy Snickers bars and I couldn't get all the ingredients at Trader Joe's because I'm leaving the place next week. And it just felt like, why would I go buy a whole new jar of coconut oil if I'm not going to use it? Very or, valid point. And I was just, you know, it's like these little things where I'm just in a, frustrated. I'm, I'm very frustrated. grateful, but I'm very frustrated. Yeah. So, and it's not, there's no stability right now, um, which I'm like, I know that in six months I'm going to listen to this podcast and be like, oh, man, I'm so We'll do like a, a part two. Like, we'll do a part two of where am I now? I'm going to be so much. This. Yeah. This is, I'm hoping that people listen to this and just realize that like, it's totally normal for your life to be a clusterfuck. Yeah. And it's okay. And you just kind of, I feel like now my parents keep calling me. They're like, what are you doing? What's going to happen next week? What's going to happen? Which they're like part of the stress. But I told them, I'm like, everything's workable. If I realize. Thank you very much. I'm serious. You're welcome. Thank you. But if I've, honestly, if I've realized anything, it's that everything is workable. And I'm grateful to have the ability to say that because I know that's a privilege. But really right now, no matter what happens, I know I'm going to be able to figure it out. And I don't know what that means. I thought about yesterday getting a place upstate, like an hour and a half upstate. I found a really cute apartment and Tom was like, okay, 
you're going to be so for a month. He was like, you're going to be so scared going to bed there at night, like in the middle of the forest. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm like, that's a horror movie waiting to happen. Yeah, no, we're not going to do that. Okay. But I feel like it would be so cool. A long weekend. Sure. No, (sighs) Olivia. Okay. Absolutely not. I'm like not the best decision maker, I've realized. Yeah, no, no, no. This is why it's good to have a yin yang, see? Because you're like me, like shoot for the star. Yeah. Then Jordan's like, Rachel, come down 85 different notches because you're wild. Yeah. Wild. Wild. It's good to have like someone like a Tom. You need a Tom and a Jordan. You need a Tom and a Jordan. And I'm very grateful, I will say. I've been very grateful for having like a really, really, really incredible relationship throughout all this because it's been very grounding for me. Would you crash with Tom? Like, could you crash there? Yeah, for, like, I'm gonna a week I'm gonna two? crash there for two weeks. I'm okay. gonna crash there the the last two weeks of June. I don't want to. He lives in a love him more than anything, but he lives in a six hundred square foot apartment with a roommate. Yeah, no, it's not ideal. What, but what, it's am not I gonna like wake up and be like all right, boys, like who wants avocado toast? No, you have to make that ricotta. The ricotta peach, peach. thing that I have to. Jordan's going to make it and I'll try it. Oh, you try it. Yeah, I'll Jordan try it. I don't think I'm going to like it. Like but Jordan's such it. a good cook. Does he cook for most of you like at night? Does he no. cook dinners? He can though. But like, no, he doesn't. We usually, because I make so much food for work that we honestly eat what I make for work, which is why I love that I do so much more savory stuff now, which yeah. really started when Ezra started eating like a human being at the age of four months or five months. He just has been eating three square meals and a thousand snacks a day. Tank. Yeah, no, he's a complete tank. And so he eats whatever we eat. So it made me kind of be like, mm, time to start making meals that for my blog that could also be feeding my family. So it's like the best of both worlds. I love it. I feel like that's the one thing, especially living in New York, I like haven't turned my oven on. I turned my oven on to make bacon this morning. That's probably really? the first time in four weeks that I've turned my oven on. My I like, oven's on 24-7. I have to give you cobbler too. Oh my gosh. I want cobbler. I just want to – what did I do immediately when I walked into this house? I loved nothing more. For, actually, you wash your hands, which is truly so appreciated because I'm constantly the a-hole who's like, would you mind taking off your shoes and washing your hands? And you did both of those things. Okay. I will say the only reason that I wash my hands is because of my yin my tom who I literally tom, so I feel like you have to be like him person. the last four months of living in new york i did not wash my hands when i came <gasps> into the house oh, especially yeah. during like living in new york with covid every single time we walked in the house he would be like wash your hands wash your hands babe tom, i love you babe and then finally now i'm like first thing i do and now i remind him to wash his hands it's beautiful it's a good habit to get ezra when he walks in at one o'clock he knocks on the door at the front door he goes and before the door he goes hi hi mommy hi hi and then the door his nanny eventually opens the door he comes in yoga crunchy time so because he wants his yogurt parfait and he brings his tower to the sink and he goes moisusio that means very dirty yes he washes his hands at the sink and then has his lunch like he knows he has to wash his hands does ezra speak spanish yes he does Fully. No, but Fluent? he fully under he like he understands Spanish like he does English because his nanny speaks Spanish. She's Colombian. I try, I talk Spanish not very well, but I try. And my mom and my mother in law were laughing at Ezra's very, very belated birthday party a few weeks ago in the park. Oh my god, that was that hilarious. every nanny made me feel like the worst mom. I'm like, I had COVID when my son turned two and it was fifteen degrees outside. Did you want a birthday party? Do you in the think park? he actually cares? And I was like, We had it when it was warm out. He's thanking me. Yes. So anyways, and now he can like knows what a birthday is. So anyways, they told me that when I speak Spanish, I speak Spanish with a Jewish accent because I sound ridiculous. And Stop I do. Stop it. Ezra can like roll his R. Like he is really good at speaking Spanish. That is so He counts funny. to 10 in Spanish and English. Oh my god! But he gosh. starts at Cinco, but it's fine. Is he going to go to school soon? Yeah. I have to figure that out. Oh, yeah. He'll be three in January. Oh, he's young. Yeah. Really He young. needs school though. He needs structure. He needs. I need structure. 
I'm going back to kindergarten too. I mean, you can join him. He'll do preschool at three. And then when we like, when we move, I'm going to put him in preschool because I don't want to disrupt him for yeah. like a few months and then put him in a different preschool. I don't know yet. Maybe I will. I, TBD. I see kids that grow up in the city. I like, I'll be on the subway. I remember my first couple weeks here, I was like super nervous to get on the subway. And there were just kids like rolling in on their skateboards, having a good ass time on the subway. And I'm just like, how does any kid grow up in New York? Is that crazy? Nuts. When I see kids on the sidewalk, even in Hoboken, I just go like, where are your parents? I go, I guess like you have to. Kids are always alone here. You have so much independence. It's beautiful. You grow up a lot faster if you grow up in the city, I think. Yeah, you do. A lot of my friends from college that grew up in the city were like really mature. Really mature. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like you just, yeah, you learn to grow up a little bit faster. You also like live more, I think, yeah, like at a younger age, like you're exposed to more like yeah. drugs, alcohol, like that type of situation too at a younger age. When did you drink for the first time? Um, That's a good question. I would say around like 16. 21, baby. No. Yet. Nobody no. Nobody believes me. Yep. I literally called no. my mom at a party. I had, I don't know what, what the drink was called. It was like Jaeger and cherry juice. I think my friend called I'm it like a vomit. dirty slut. I called my mom and was like, mom, I think I'm going to drink. And she was like, I think I was right about to be 21. And she was like, absolutely not. You're not drinking. Come home right now. Like, I'm so disappointed in mom. you. And I literally had one sip of the alcohol. And then I called my friend to come pick me up because they had had one sip of alcohol. And I did not drink truly really like, I think I got drunk, yeah, around 21, my junior year of college. Good for you. It was crazy. Do you drink now? Ish. Yeah. Did you ever go through a phase? I drink now. Oh, I was literally blacked out my last two years of college. I started okay. drinking when I went to Europe. So it was right before I think I was 21. And then um, then I really like then I really got into it when yeah. I went to college. And I was blacked out for about two years. And then I stopped drinking for almost um Gosh, I think I stopped drinking for a year. I haven't had a, after college. I haven't had a drink in three years. Really? Yeah. I my last drink. I've had sips, sips of wine. Yeah. I had the spiked spindrift. I'll, if Jordan makes like a cool cocktail, I'll like have a yeah. sip of it. I genuinely don't like the taste of alcohol. I don't either. I yeah. feel like it I actually have I some have type of aversion to alcohol. Same. Because not only do I not enjoy the taste sometimes, but I get sick. Like my body literally gets sick. I will say that now I enjoy, I'll enjoy like after a hike, a sour beer, or I'll enjoy a good, I know like so You're random. so Portland. I'm so Portland. By the way, I enjoy you just sour said. after a hike. Um, or like I, I really do enjoy cocktails. Wine is okay. Like I like a, a dry red when I have pizza. Okay. But honestly, yeah. I would so much rather smoke weed than, than drink. Um, and I used to be a big stoner. And now I have a tolerance for nothing. Now I'm a baby. Like Tom, we went out. Um, we got we came back from the lake and there was a beautiful sunset and it was so warm and I really love life in New York. We like got a <laughs> bottle of wine and we had like these little plastic cups and we went and sat down by the water and oh God, we're so like, cute. oh my gosh, let's let's like finish this bottle of wine. Like that's some casual thing people do. And after truly like a half a glass, he looked at me and he was like, you're drunk. And I was like, I'm so tipsy. Like I have no tolerance. No, I have a bachelor party on Saturday and I'm like, there's no way I'm going to be able to drink. I can't drink. Like I also, I don't like want to. Like I can't be the mother I want to be and like drink alcohol. And I'm just if it's not fulfilling me in any way, like why should I do it? Yeah. And you know, Jordan's also not a big drinker. He's like all talk. Like he like loves the art of making a cocktail and should be like a mixologist. Yeah. But he has like one drink and he's done. He also yeah. won't smoke weed. 
Oh. Now, ever. You would think, most people think that, like, he would because he's so chill. And I'm like, no, I do because that's you need watch how I get chill. But, no, I'd rather do that, which I haven't since before getting pregnant with Brody. But, yeah, I don't plan to drink anytime soon. I just like having my sips. I just, I don't know. I also feel better in the morning when I don't drink. I don't know. Like, I can't mother Ezra and Brody, no. like, hung over like no. an a-hole. Like, I remember Anne Hathaway, there was, like, a whole, like, public thing. Before I even had kids, I think. Uh, she was like they were talking about her like the tabloids I like forgot the name of what tabloids were and saying how she said she can't be the mom she wants to be if she drinks alcohol she's not drinking Mm -hmm. alcohol anymore and it like resonated with me I'm not even a big Anne Hathaway fan like I love the movies whatever but like it just really set, settled with me you know that is a really good perspective to have Mm -hmm. I can't maybe when I'm older I used Mm -hmm. to love martinis Maybe at weddings. We have so many fun weddings next year. Maybe at the weddings I'll want to because it's like just a different vibe. But on a random Friday, I don't want to meet you for a cocktail. I want to meet you for like a chocolate chip cookie and, Mm -hmm. you know, a kombucha. I also feel like I can't be – right now, I'm focusing on mothering myself. I feel like that's my first Mm -hmm. priority is I I feel like a little bit – I'm back in like a little bit of a child mode right now where I am kind of growing up again and I'm like, oh my gosh. I can't really be the best mother to myself which that sounds so dumb. No, but truly, Keep going. With, al- like with alcohol. I mean, I'll still drink. I like to go out for cocktails. I like to go out for happy hour. But like yeah. at the end of the day, I don't want to go out and get drunk and then wake up the next morning and expect that I'm going to have some great day the next day. No, I'm going to feel right. exhausted. I'm going to feel hungover. And I struggle with anxiety. I cannot – and right now I'm definitely feeling some situational depression after yeah. all of this is happening. And I talk about that very casually because I think it should be a very casual thing that should be talked about. It's okay to be feeling a little bit depressed. It's okay to be feeling anxious. Totally. And I just know my limits and my boundaries. And like I tell, you know, who – again, like my yin, he's like – he's so good with maybe not knowing what I need but asking me, hey, like – yeah. what's best for you right now? And he'll look at me and be like, what do you need? And I'm like, I need, I want to go home. You know, like I want to go home and I want to get to bed early or, you know, and I just feel like there's, I've learned over time what I need and what's right for me so that I can wake up the next day and try to avoid feeling like shit. And feel good. Yeah. You want to feel good, man. You want to feel good physically. I don't want to have puffy eyes. My eyes are already puffy if I'm just not sleeping with a newborn. Like I want yeah. to feel good. Plus when I drink, I get acne and I don't want to have to deal with that because my skin's actually clear right now. And I'm we didn't like, even talk about your acne, but like we're gonna have to do a part two. We have to do a part two. Well, then you have your living situation. When things are like back. actually down, you're an amazing podcast host today. I. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> I love you so much. This was amazing. I feel like it was so random. No, but, but like that is what I think. Sh- I feel is like awesome. was, I was kept thinking about Nicole, and I was like, she has the most. Like, she's gonna have the most interesting, like, influencer marketing. This was so no, random. I love this so much. But like, same reason I love Nicole's is that you know when I looked you up on iTunes, I, I put your name in oh, yeah. to see what podcasts come up, and I never want to talk about the same things that people talk about over and over again. And everything like I, like I, we all know those stories. Like people want to eavesdrop on our conversations when I call you on a random Tuesday. They don't want. Like they know your backstory. They know your if they know you, they know you're from Orange County. I know you went to Berkeley. You're a speech pathologist. You've talked about your breakups. Like talking about. I, I don't want to talk about it's the same, same shit. I feel like this was the first podcast, literally, where I was like, "Oh my god, I didn't have to go through the exact same ring of Thank you. I really feel like this is the first time. But then I was like, "Oh my god, are people going to want to listen to this? It's so random." No, I think it's well. We'll see. I'll let you know how it goes. <laughs> Great. You will if let you're me still, know. You're too honest. Oh, people wanted the, my fireball questions to come back, which I forgot for Nicole. Oh. So. We have to do a little fireball question. Okay, sure. 
Sure. Um, what is one wellnessy trend that you buy into? I have to like remember them. Humidifier. Interesting. Love no, my effing humidifier. Love it so, so much. So does Jordan. You guys can bond over that later. Best thing in the world. Oh my God. So funny. Next. Okay. What is one wellnessy trend that drives you crazy? Like a pet peeve. It's okay if I do it. Um, I don't think you do it. I don't really do many trendy things. Um, let me think. I'm, I'm trying to think of my worth the hype. Like, yes, that's perfect. Um, which is Wednesday. I'm doing that today. One wellness teacher on that. Um, they'll edit me like going like, um, right? No, I'm not editing it. What? It's okay. People can see how long it takes. Oh my gosh. One wellness teacher. Like a pet peeve. Oh, well, a pet peeve is eating cereal that isn't real cereal. I'm sorry. You can say magic spoon. I don't like magic spoon. That's this. That's I exactly. I think it's fucking disgusting. And I, I think that if you're going to eat cereal, eat the real thing. I understand that if you're gluten-free, find gluten-free cereal. Yeah. I understand if you want to be sugar-free, just don't eat cereal because I'm sorry. I think that like I need to try three wishes, but I, I don't have any left in my pantry. Oh, it's really? Yeah. I just am like not about that. I'm like, if I'm going to eat cereal, I'm going to eat the real shit. Like yeah. give me Magic Spoon's like eight. Magic Spoon. It, it's not like lamb in terms of taste, but it's like you love it. You're either obsessed with Magic Spoon or you hate it. There's really no in between. Magic Spoon. Yeah. Yeah. Have you maybe ever tried I, it? I have. I don't like it, but maybe I'll try it again while I'm here. You can try. It's, it. it's worth the hype. You maybe can we come can do in a little quick little video. Oh yeah, if you want to, absolutely. Yeah. Um, if you weren't do, if you weren't a speech pathologist or running your Instagram account, what would you want to be doing career wise? Like actually, really. I mean, truly, I think it would be really cool to be doing business development at a brand I really cared about or like people's ops somewhere I like where that. I could do like kind of um, facilitate company culture because I really, That's I really awesome. like that. Yeah. Um, but then obviously I would want to be a Broadway star oh my or God. an actress. And I see that more for you. Yeah, I would love – I would – at the end of the day, if I could wake up tomorrow and be the star in a fucking Oscar-winning movie, I would – that's – my ultimate dream, but I don't, that will never happen. Well, you can so. bring me to the red carpet when that happens Duh, as your hype man. Um, it's your last day on earth. What are you eating from breakfast through the end of the day? Love this question. I'm eating for breakfast what I had this morning, avocado toast, an entire pack of bacon, fruit, um, and then lunch. Where'd you get your bacon? Trader Joe's? Butcher Box. Oh, I love Butcher Box bacon. Best. It's the best. best I just bacon. assumed that you wouldn't have Butcher Box in your sublet apartment, but that is how dedicated you are. So I literally had them deliver me Butcher Box. I have, you, oh, you have one of your You still yeah. have Butcher Box in there. I love my Butcher Box bacon. So that was what I would have for breakfast. And then for lunch, I would have pickle chips and a tuna salad sandwich. And oh, then for dinner, I would have Cuban food. What and kind of bread on your sandwich? sourdough tuna tuna melt maybe okay um with pickle chips and then in the afternoon before dinner i would have hand cut fries and then it for dinner i would have vaca frita which is like fried it's like fried cow it's a cuban meal and then i would have cuban rice beans yuca frita which is fried yuca and then you like, need to post about more Cuban food. Yeah, I want to make more Cuban food. I just don't have a kitchen right now to make all No, but you should. When, when you, when you'll have your kitchen soon. Yeah. When you do, you have to make Cuban I'm going food. to. Yeah. I'm gonna and then I would have Cuban food. And then for dessert, I would have a key lime pie from Blue Stove Pies. Honestly, we couldn't have more different taste buds in anything that you just said. But I love how descriptive you are because some people will be like, oh, you know, I'd have like a sandwich assorted. I'm like, no, we need like details. I, and I just really appreciate your details. Yeah, Thank absolutely. You. And then I would have orange juice with my meal for breakfast. Really, really tangy orange juice. And um, I would definitely, my last day on earth, I would have a coffee. I'm not drinking coffee right now, but I would have a coffee. Why do you drink coffee anymore? Because it um, 
perpetuates my anxiety. It does? Yeah. Okay. I've never had a sip of coffee. We can talk about that one. No, that's so insane. Tell everyone where they can find you. You can find me not at, on, not your apartment, but not, like you know on Instagram. Yes, <laughs> please. Actually, you don't know where you can find. Me. You can find me on twenty six and eighth on the. Um, you can find me at Olivia Noseda on Instagram. You can find me at Olivia Noseda you said on it with TikTok. An accent. I love you so much. What you say your name with an accent? Olivia. Yeah. And your last name you say with an accent. Yeah. Um, on Instagram and TikTok, Olivia Noseda. You're the first person to drop their TikTok. Um, yeah, you know what? Why not? I'm gonna start following follow my me TikTok. On, follow I'm, me on I'm TikTok, everybody. Now I have to. And then my website is olivianoseda.com. Come hang, DM me. I don't know if I'll get back to you, but you should definitely DM me. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening. <laughs> Thank you.